The Print Files, where we bring you the inside story on the printing industry by Print21, the people who know print. G'day and welcome to the latest episode of It's Been a Big Month in Print, the podcast for the print industry from The Print Files, where we dig deep into the big issues impacting the industry each month. This episode brought to you by Curry Group. I'm Wayne Robinson, editor of the Print21 Media Hub. And I'm Lindy Houston, publisher of Print21 and of PKN Packaging News. And welcome all to the episode, It's Been a Big Month in Print for March. In this episode, we will be discussing the latest move in the tumultuous world of heatset web printing. We're going to take a look at how print is planning on attracting young people the latest developments in the ongoing OzPost drama, and the fate of one of the country's leading mail houses. We'll also take a look at the big packaging stories that emerged this month, and they are big, and we will pay tribute to one of the country's pre-press pioneers who has just passed away. So Wayne, perhaps we could start with the heatset web. After the mass consolidation of seven years ago, and then the collapse of Avato last year, we thought we were in for a period of calm. But there has been a major move in the sector. Tell us about it. Uh, yeah, that's right, Lindy. Australia will now have two heatset web businesses going well into the future. Uh, that's because print management giant TMA has acquired the Spot Press catalogue and magazine division. It's heatset web offset operation, and it's looking to invest in it going forward. TMA Group Chairman Antti Cram told me the acquisition provides a great opportunity to extend TMA's print management capabilities. Spot Press will continue in business. Uh, it will continue with its cold set business, which is its uh, ethnic newspaper business. John and Dimitri Gorgan Sakos, the, uh, the owners of that business, as well as the current staff, they'll all be retained under TMA ownership. Um, Spot Press runs, now runs the only heat set web lines outside of IVE, uh, with two Heidelberg uh, heat set web offset presses there. TMA will use the business to print for its own clients. And it will also offer heat set print on the open market. TMA is actually, it's a really big business, of course. Uh, and it's got a successful track record of buying print businesses and consolidating them into its own group. Uh, that includes the likes of Impress Color, Premier, LMA. Um, Spot Press remained kind of apart from the big industry consolidation that you referred to there, Lindy, that happened seven years ago when AIW and Franklin became part of the IVE group and Avato and IPMG merged. Uh, it kind of plays slightly under the radar, slightly lower uh, circulation, lower lower volume business, um, and provides uh, a range of services. The move, of course, uh, means that now there'll be IVE, a huge player in the market, and TMA. So in your opinion, Wayne, why, what strategic move is behind this acquisition? Well, we understand that uh, Print21, that TMA has bought the business to ensure its own customers, because uh, it's a huge print management company, uh, have options when it comes to heat set printing. Because at the moment, IVE is, because of the collapse of Ovato and IVE's subsequent purchase of that, much of that business, uh, IVE's really the only player in town. Um, and so TMA wanted options for its own customers. It felt it didn't have any with only, only going to IVE, felt it was over a barrel, to put the word colloquially, although, of course, that's the, that's the way they saw it. Um, TMA says competition is good for the industry. TMA will be investing. It will need to because those two presses that it's bought, the Heidelberg presses, they're at least 20 years old, probably 25 years old, because Heidelberg hasn't manufactured a, a heat set web offset press for, well, since 2004 when it sold the business to Goss. 
course, in the tangled world of heat set web offset, GOSS was, has subsequently been sold to the Chinese, then sold to Man Roland. And Man Roland GOSS is now really the only player in town. The IVE and the Ovato presses, virtually all of them are Man Roland GOSS presses. IVE won't be taking all those presses. Will TMA come in and buy some of those presses on the open market? Will they be allowed to? Uh, we don't know. But certainly TMA will be investing in, uh, in at least one more heat set press line. Okay, so let's talk about IVE. It produced a stellar set of half-year results, which was great. Its revenue surged past the half a billion dollar mark for the first time. What was the reason for that? Well, it was um, multiple reasons, Lindy. You're right, revenue reached $502.8 million, up 31% on the previous figure. Uh, the, the reason for the big surge was its acquisitions in that uh, it bought Active Display Group, it bought uh, AFI branding, and for three and a half months a year, Ovato was contributing those figures. Uh, $67 million, I think, came in from Ovato. $60.7 million came in from Ovato. But, uh, very pleasingly for IVE, 9% of that growth, which is a, is a whopping figure in cash terms, uh, came from organic growth, its own business, developing uh, developing quickly. So it's... it's uh, the biggest player in town by a long way, of course, now I've, and uh, its its strategy of diversification uh, is obviously paying dividends, well, literally, literally so. Um, I was actually at I've in Brayside last week in Melbourne. Uh, there's a whole huge big street in the industrial, one of the industrial areas there. Every building in it, and these are significantly sized buildings, are I've buildings, logistics, print, warehousing, promotion. Uh, and then, by coincidence, actually, a couple of nights ago, I was over in the western suburbs of Sydney, drove past Toll Distribution Centre, the DHL Distribution Centre, and the IVE Logistics Centre, all there. It's, it's, a, it's a huge business, which is uh, going really well and is uh, a very thoughtful and considered uh, business, and that's obviously paying off in its uh, half-yearly figures. Well, that does sound very positive. Um, I'm wondering if if their business, I'm sure they are, is facing the issues that all print industry and indeed other businesses are facing in the country, and that is labor and skills shortage, and more importantly, attracting young talent. So in the last episode of It's Been a Big Month in Print, we discussed the tremendous win that PVCA had achieved for the industry in this regard by having the nine print apprentices categories placed back on the government's Australian apprentices priority list. Now we have two more associations, Suppliers Group Visual Connections and the Australian Sign and Graphics Association, that's ASGA, having developed a program of their own to reach out to young people. What can you tell us about that? Yes, the two organizers, two associations uh, have teamed up. They, they have actually done it in the past uh, and now they've teamed up again and with quite an ambitious program, Lindy, they're going to uh, go to schools, particularly to year nine, years nine and ten students and present a program to students and also to parents of students and also to careers counsellors, who are key people in this whole equation, uh, sharing the, the manifold opportunities that there are in print for young people. Um, the, those opportunities, of course, are in hands-on work, uh, they're in business development work, uh, they're in high technology, they're in, they're in craft. Uh, it's a printing industry is the largest manufacturing industry in the country, yeah, it doesn't have the profile, of course, as we know, because it's so fragmented. Um, but the opportunities for a young person are terrific. And now that those apprenticeships, thanks to the work of PVCA, are back on the list, which means the apprentices and, importantly, their employers get the support 
there isn't a barrier, there isn't a financial barrier anymore to young people joining print. And the, the uh, Visual Connections, the Suppliers Association, of course, and the, the uh, Sound and Graphics Association, very keen to get that message out there that whatever type of career you want, whatever type of aptitude you have, whether that's a, a craft or hands-on aptitude or a, 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 a business development aptitude, uh, there's opportunities for you there in print. Uh, they will be, um, they've already booked, booked careers expos in all the big cities, Adelaide, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth. They'll be running from May to July this year. They have uh, got Try a Trades Day at Visual Impact, the a wide format show that's coming up in Sydney in May. A hundred young people will be able to try their hand at various aspects of the trade. And, and there's a couple of other initiatives going on as well. So it's a, a terrific attempt uh, by the part of the print industry, uh, building on the work of other associations, notably PVCA, uh, to really reach out and uh, use their association power, their contacts, their networking, and importantly, the su support of the sponsors to, for these events, which are typically the suppliers, uh, to go in and uh, and really make understood to young people the benefits of a career in the printing industry. Yeah, well, that is good to see. And clearly, every print business in the country needs to get behind some of these initiatives. Now, when an area that we regularly discuss is Australia Post, the betoir to many in the print and mail industry, there has been much made of Ospo CEO Paul Graham appearing to cast doubt on the future of mail in his recent comments. However, we are seeing some light in the darkness. We are, Lindy. That's a good turn of phrase. Um, yes, Paul Graham commenting after Australia Post revealed it was losing more than a million dollars a day every day on its letters business and uh, casting doubt on the future of, of letters, much to the chagrin of the mail industry, um, which... If, as we discussed last month, is actually you know, booming is possibly not the right word, but certainly the mailing houses I've talked to say they've never been busier. Of course, the government is the primary shareholder in Australia Post, uh, which means that the government minister, in this case Michelle Rowland, is, the ultim is ultimately responsible for it. Well, as far as the print industry is concerned, Michelle Rowland uh, is... Uh, keen to engage with the industry. She's already written to PVCA. She's actually got a long-standing relationship with Kelly Northwood, CEO of the PVCA, going back decades over various committees that they've and, and uh, coalitions of, of industry people that they've both worked on together, which is terrific news for the industry. Under the previous government, they were, they were quite hard to engage with, uh, but with Michelle Rowland now actively seeking uh, engagement with Print and Visual Communication Association over the future of mail, uh, that's going to be good news. And the PVCA in response has already formed a coalition, a uh, mail industry coalition, from all interested parties, basically, big printing companies, mailing companies, everyone that's got an interest in Australia Post. Uh, and then from that will come a, 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 a consolidated response to the concerns of government and to Paul Graham, the Australia of C CEO of Australia Post, which will express how the print and print and mail industry sees the opportunities within Australia Post, uh, and so the story, the narrative, doesn't get framed in totally negative terms as it often is at the moment in the media and indeed from Australia Post itself. But so the print industry can forward based on data because Kelly Northwood is very keen on using data for her arguments rather than 
anecdotes or feelings or whatever. It's all data, it's data driven. Uh, and so uh, this is a terrific, terrific turn of events for the print and mail industry. Curry Group's 2023 training courses are now available and open for registration. Curry Group offers a wide range of training courses across the company's extensive product portfolio. Courses range from greenfield through to experienced operators and production managers. The courses can also be designed to suit a company's specific needs, including practical examples of your typical work. Courses are held at regularly scheduled intervals in our fully equipped demonstration centre or on site. With our comprehensive training curriculum and hands-on practice, we provide the knowledge and skills necessary to utilise the full capabilities of our product portfolio. For more information, email Curry Group, info at currygroup.com.au. And on Mailing Wayne, the fate of MMW Three Degrees, which suddenly went into administration on Christmas Eve, has been decided. Uh, yes, MMW Three Degrees. It's a uh, is now owned by the Recon Group. Uh, Recon is the company that actually many people know. They bought Theo Pataris's digital press business uh, two or three years ago. They merged it into their own businesses in North Sydney, Copy World and uh, Indigo. It was called, not to be confused with HP Indigo. Um, Jahangir Khan, who's the owner of that business, he said today, oh, she's in a new dawn for Rico uh, and a new dawn for MMW. He, Jahangir Khan has got a good reputation in the industry since he's taken over digital press, uh, enhanced in this situation because he's kept on all the staff, paid out all the entitlements. And so the business will now go in. It's, a, it's, a, uh, it's quite a story, actually, Lindy, MMW Three Degrees. The owner died 18 months ago, passed away. He was... His will was still. Uh, his will was then contested, basically between his ex-wife and his new girlfriend. Uh, and his ex-wife, eventually, eighteen months later or fifteen months later, won the court battle. Business came to her, and she put it into administration virtually straight away. She's because she said it was either insolvent or about to become insolvent. Uh, and now it's been bought. So it's a, at the end of the day, it's a good outcome for certainly for the staff at MMW Three Degrees. Uh, and for the business as well, and hopefully for Jahinga Khan and, and the people at uh, the Recon Group. Well, there's always an interesting story because uh, there's a human side to a lot of these businesses, of course, and that's not, it's not for nothing we call this the print files, Wayne, or the intrigue yeah. behind. Well, yeah. while the future of letters and direct mail and bulk mailing seems to be uh, unclear at this point, one area of print that is very clear is packaging which is seeing some serious investment. Yeah, Opal, we just uh, reported, is a uh, is $140 million flexo printing box making plant. That's on course to open in October in uh, Albury-Wodonga there. Uh, Lindy, why is Opal making such a massive investment, $140 million? Well, yes, it, this is the, it's a corrugated cardboard facility that is coming on stream. And really, this is to, to feed the demand, the huge demand that there is for high-quality, fiber-based packaging in the fresh produce and food sectors. It's really growing rapidly. Um, As you know, Wayne, we spoke recently about fiber-based and the growth drivers for that market as people turn away from plastic products um, and are looking for more what they believe to be more sustainable alternatives. Of course, we're not knocking plastic, but fiber is a huge growth area and Opal is super excited because this plant is on track um, to plan, coming on track to open up in um, October. 
this is that will be the first fa- completion of the first stage, and there is already a plan in place to expand that facility. So when it completes now, it's going to be able to produce the equivalent of 400 tons of finished corrugated boxes daily. So that's quite substantial. Of course, the whole facility um, has also been developed with sustainability in mind. Um, there's energy saving built in, there's solar power, and so on and so forth. So it is quite uh, an investment for the area too. It's going to bring 400 Victorian jobs, which includes direct in the plant and flow on. And it will use craft and recycled packaging paper that comes from Opal's Maryvale Mill in the Latrobe Valley and its Botany Mill in Sydney. And as I said to you, producing corrugated cardboard packaging for a range of fresh produce, food processing, uh, fast-moving consumer goods and for the general industrial manufacturing sectors as well. Very exciting investment. It's just, is, is this just one of a number of infrastructure investments, large infrastructure investments that's going on in packaging at the moment? Yeah, the most focus has been on, um, we have seen several plant upgrades for companies like, uh, the, for, for brand owners like Mars, for Nestle, as they invest in lines and many of the breweries as well, um, as they invest in lines to accommodate different variety in SKUs because there's a whole lot more flexibility required and equipment is updating all the time. So, for instance, in the pet food market, we've seen an explosion of pet ownership in Australia recently. And as a result of that, we've had companies like Nestle, Purina, investing tremendously in packaging lines there. And that's all that then impacts upstream, downstream, um, all the suppliers as well. So the printers are flexible pouches for little pouches of cat food. I mean, it's incredible. And then, of course, the outer cartons for that as well. Um, But uh, the majority of the infrastructure development that we've been focusing on in packaging has, of course, been in recycling. So we've got big recycling, plastic recycling facilities coming on stream, but we've also got we're looking at new advanced chemical recycling technology that's still very much at the pilot and trial stage. But when that comes on stream, it's in, by 2025, we're going to see a tremendous uptick in the, the capacity, the recycling capacity that we have on shore. Yeah, well, packaging, of course, is a hot topic on the national agenda right now, uh, particularly with the uh, soft plastic recycling or lack of it. Uh, And now with Packaging Association, APCO revealing that packaging recycling targets are unlikely to be met. Uh, Some want a complete ban on plastic packaging. Of course, that's totally unrealistic if we want to keep our current lifestyle. Um, You're close to the packaging industry, of course, Lindy, as an editor, as managing editor of Packaging News. What's the feeling within the sector of all this and of the way forward? I think the important thing here is for the packaging industry not to get derailed by what's happening in the mainstream media, because there's a lot of uh, scrutiny and quite acerbic commentary about the failure of soft plastics recycling, and then just that spilling out across all recycling. What we've got to keep focused on here is the progress that is being made on a number of significant collaborative cross-industry projects that when they do come on stream are going to make a tremendous difference. APCO predicts um, in a report that hasn't yet come out but is imminent, um, is saying that if all the recycling capacity that is projected to come on stream comes on stream by 2025, we are likely to be able to recycle 60%. Now, that is not 70% of plastic, but that 
national packaging target of 70% recycled plastic by 2025 was always set as a stretch target, but it was to stimulate growth and investment. That's not to say, of course, that we don't want to achieve those targets. We do, but we have to have a reality check now. And the reality, as APCO has pointed out, is we are not going to meet those targets. But the other side of it is that doesn't mean we stop trying. Yeah, well, that's good to hear. Uh, I was actually at the um, Flexible Packaging Label Manufacturers two-day conference in Melbourne this month. There were 17 excellent presentations during that conference, and all of them uh, had sustainability running through them. So it's clear that the industry's finest minds are actually working overtime to address this issue and to come up with solutions. Yes, absolutely. I think um, sustainability, it's, it's almost become... And such an overused word, and we almost, we need to be starting to refer to it as responsibility, as we heard recently from um, when I spoke to Mintel's head of packaging. Mintel's a big research company, and he said, let's start talking about sustainability in, t- in the light of responsibility because it has to become more about extended producer responsibility, EPR, and then, of course, with a view to circular economy that there has to be, we have to be closing that loop. So we are going to see more about this on the, but I I think sustainability is going to be um, a blanket term that is then also substituted or infiltrated by these other terms that we use, such as responsibility, extended producer responsibility, circular economy. Yeah, okay. Well, interestingly, actually, one of the, um, areas of the IVE half-yearly figures, one of the one of the parts of that report that came out was that IVE is going to be from January the 1st next year uh, powered by wind. Uh, so the electricity, certainly the electricity is going to be generated by the world's largest wind producer. Uh, they've just signed a contract with them. Um, this is partly because IVE's electricity bill last year was $7.8 million dollars. They budgeted this year for an extra $1.25 million increase, which is a significant increase. It actually went up by treble that amount, almost $3.3 million. So they they are uh, part of their reason for switching to wind power, of course, is to get a handle on the costs. But, of course, part of their reason also is, as a possibly the mo- one of the more progressive companies in the print industry, to be responsible themselves. Uh, as I said earlier, I drove down that street in Brayside, huge number of buildings, huge number of plant. That is I've business. Now it's all going to be powered by wind, which is a terrific outcome. Human beings have a remarkable capacity to adapt, to find solutions, to progress. In many ways, that's the story of humanity, isn't it? We'll end this week, Lindy, on a sad but warm note, marking the passing of John Coote. Uh, he's one of the pioneers of uh, Australian pre-press. He was one of the key leaders in the industry in the 1980s. He took the pre-press industry from its chemicals and craft world, and those who've got many grey hairs will know that world, uh, into a digital world, and to the new digital era, particularly through his innovative business network graphics. Uh, he ran that along with Russell Kavanagh, of course, who's still well known in the industry, and Barry Patterson. And he pioneered developments in scanning, electric output. They really changed the course of the industry in Australia. Network graphics became the benchmark business. So uh, that's John Coote, uh, valet to him. Yes, we are all the beneficiaries of those who have gone before us and applied themselves in their chosen fields, Wayne, whether it's engineering or science or medicine and, of course, print. So on that note, we'll wrap up this episode of It's Been a Big Month in Print. And there can be no doubt, as ever, that it has been a big month. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We value your feedback, as always. 
And now it's time for me, Lindy Houston, to say goodbye. And it's goodbye from this episode of The Print Files from me, Wayne Robinson, with thanks to our sponsor, Curry Group. We look forward to you joining us again next time for It's Been a Big Month in Print. The Print Files podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Print 21, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of Print 21, Yaffa Media, or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast audio, please contact Print 21 via their website, that's print21.com.au, or send an email to editor at print21.com.au. You can subscribe to The Print Files via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on the printing industry at print21.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast. Southern Skies Media.